three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter. And hope you guys are having a good evening. Uh, by the time you guys listen to this, it will probably be it should be Saturday, more than likely, by the time you hear this. So I've got a review here for the new Tyler Perry film, A Fall from Grace, which, of course, is written, directed, and produced by Tyler Perry. And I know that if you've listened to the podcast for uh, any amount of time... Uh, you know, I've been, uh, not, not, uh, I'll be not kind to, <laughs> to Mr. Tyler Perry. I have said a gamut of things, including calling him the worst thing for black people, the worst combination since, uh, Rope and Tree. I've called him Uncle Tom. Um, what else? I've called him, uh, Talentless Hack. Uh, I know this other stuff, but, uh, those are the ones that are coming. Those are the greatest hits, uh, as it were. But I gotta, I gotta give him credit. I thought this is actually the best film that he. <laughs> okay, I can't even do it. This movie sucks. Oh my god, it's so I bad. Almost went there, it, and I was so disappointed. It's, it's so, it's so bad, and I, 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 I love my girlfriend Alaya so much for this reason alone. She, so we're sitting, we were sitting here watching this, and I gotta. Okay, credit's too strong a word. For the first, like, 40 minutes, I was just confused. Because nothing's really happening. Happening. It's happening. How's my English? Uh, <laughs> I just watched Tyler Perry. My brain is still rebooting. But, but, <laughs> but, I just went ahead. Uh, so, I'm watching the movie, and for the first, like, 45 minutes or so, it's like the movie's just on a treadmill. Just, like, at level 0.1. Like, it's just, it's barely moving or doing anything. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, this is dumb because it's Tyler Perry and the writing is atrocious. By the way, I'd like to point to a, a, a couple things here. So a couple days ago, Tyler Perry gave an interview and he was talking about that. Uh, so this is a quote directly from Tyler Perry. What people don't know is that early on I had a writer's room and it was a nightmare for me. It was a real nightmare for me. Uh Perry told Essence Magazine. Not only that, they were turning in scripts that didn't speak to my audience and my ratings took a dip. My audience knows my voice. They want to hear from me. They want to hear what I'm saying. Here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> just because you had a ride in the room once and you it didn't work doesn't mean you don't go, hmm, let's try this again. Because that's the most flawed fucking logic ever. It's like, oh, I can't, like, oh, I didn't pass this test. Might as well not study for the next one. Like, who the... What? That's, your, that's that's the best you got for an excuse? Just just say what it is. It's your ego, and you don't want to pay writers. I would at least respect him if he came out and said that. And I'm going to point back to this. BT Awards this past... Uh, I want to say it was October uh, when the BT Awards were. Where Tyler Perry gave that big, profound speech that everyone was like, Oh my God, it's the best. Uh, you know, talking about how, you know, slaves used to own the land in, 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 uh, in Georgia, and now this man owns this land, and I built Tower Perry Studios, I own it all, and all these black people who I don't know stood up and clapped and cheered and went, oh my god, he's the best, it's like black Jesus. I remember telling everyone, I'm like, look 
consider the source. That would be like if Michael Vick was like, hey, Michael Vick here, don't hit your dogs. Like, you'd go, hmm, great advice, Michael Vick, Vick but why the hell are you telling me this? Be, like, like, I don't understand why so many people were so inspired and empowered by Tyler Perry's words because they're the words of an asshole. Let's call it what it is. This guy's been making films since, oh my god, I can't even remember when the first Medea movie came out. Uh, at least... Like oh, I'll say oh eight maybe. Um, I, I'm I'm looking it up right now because I'm actually curious because all I'll be honest, guys, all these movies run together uh, at this point. So the first film he did uh, was that was Diary of a Mad Black Woman. So that was oh, oh my god, oh two. Good God Almighty, it's been this long. So he's been doing stuff for since oh two. So that's Almost 20 years of just sadness for me. And I, I I, I, have to give Tyler Perry credit for one thing. The fact that he's just, he's like a cockroach. He's like the most powerful cockroach in Hollywood. Anytime I think someone has stomped him out and maybe this will be the movie where, where the black community as a whole wakes up and goes, oh man, these are actually really stereotypical and racist against us. Maybe we shouldn't go see him and support him. He comes back. He keeps coming back. He's he, he he's like the clap. Like he just keeps finding a way to come back and just irritate me. And as much as I as I hate arguing with DC fans when I give a film like I gave Joker a B plus and I, I remember all the DC fans came out of the woodwork and just yelled and screamed and all that crap. Medea fans, Tyler Perry fans, they're worse because I have to hear about me not being black. I have to hear about, oh, come on, Hunter, you're not supporting the cause. You're supposed to support black art. And it's like, yes, I'll support black art when it's good. Like, I, like just because someone's black and does something doesn't mean that it's good. I mean, okay, we have Jordan Peele. We have Queen Ava DuVernay. We have Ryan Coogler, all of which have made less films than Tom Perry and have made better films already. So it's this logic where I go, where is the disconnect? I understand that Tyler Perry, you know, like he's like the Drake song. Start from the bottom, now he's here. I get everyone, like, he was homeless, and he started writing these plays. And he came up with this evil Medea character. And Medea helped bring him up from poverty, uh, poverty to owning his own studio. It's a very inspirational story. But again, he owns his own studio now. There, So you could even... Maybe, and I am stretching here, you could maybe make the argument, hey, uh, Lionsgate was distributing his films. He had to answer Lionsgate. You know, he didn't own the studio. So, you know, he was making these movies so he could make money and then make his own studio. Okay, fine. If you want to go that route, very flimsy argument, but let, let, let's go there. So if that's the argument you're going to make, Tyler Perry finished his film in five days. Five days. Five days. I have a brand new cat. We've been giving him medication for seven days. So like, <laughs> like I, like you I can't. Seven days before that. Yeah, you That's you can't. Kind of like you can't shoot. Like if what you're hearing in the background is my girlfriend Leia, but you can't, you can't shoot a film in five days. At least a good one, apparently. And okay, guys, the, the oh, I'm so sad thinking about this. It's like. So, I gotta be honest, guys, it's been a rough 24 hours between seeing Doolittle, like, at 7.30 last night and then seeing this. Like, I'm excited for Bad Boys for Life because it can't be worse than either one of these because 
All right, let me get into the plot of this movie. And again, I'm using quotes when I use the word plot. So basically, uh, Grace uh, Grace Waters, who's played uh, by uh, Crystal Fox. By the way, the movie starts off with this woman jumping off a roof, and that, and then it shows the whole fall from Grace. I went really like like it just seemed like Tom Perry was going like ah, ah someone fell, get it? It's like you you dumbass mother. Anyway, so Grace, played by Crystal Fox. She is accused of killing her husband, uh, killing her husband, who's played by uh, uh, uh Brooks, who plays Shannon. And uh, I was, I was sitting here racking my brain, like, who the hell is this? So first off, he's James Olsen on Supergirl, and I'm sitting there like, dude, like, come on, you're on a, you're on a successful. I mean, you know, CW show, it's like a step above Poke Access, but I mean, <laughs> you're on a, you're on a network popular show and Supergirls eh. the first couple scenes are good but you're on a popular show that people watch come on brother like this is, this is how you want to make like a splash in Hollywood as far as a feature film so okay so Grace is married to Shannon and basically you know it's all sunshine and rainbows at first and oh my god it's great by the way she gets married to him after three months which i went really all right that seems a little quick couldn't make it to a year but apparently not and so they get married and that's when shannon's dark secrets start to come out and it's just like okay so watching this movie the, again, as I mentioned, the first 40 minutes, you're just sitting there kind of going, this is weird. Like, I like the dialogue's dumb. It's not really going anywhere. It's giving you, like, little breadcrumbs here and there. Uh, Felicia Rashad is in this, too, which, oh, so, like, uh, Claire Huxable. Like, c come on now. Like, I, it, really? You had to do this? And she's been, she's actually been doing a couple of Tyler Perry films, uh, or has been a couple of his films. She plays Sarah. So, here's the thing. Uh, Alea would tell you, I was sitting here watching it, and I went, okay, so Sarah is somehow involved in this whole uh, conspiracy theory. This is like a really shitty version. Like, it's like s somehow Tyler Perry found Paul, found uh, Paul Feig's uh, Cliff Notes for a Simple Favor and went, oh, I can go ahead and fill in the blanks. Like, because this, this is something that is truly written by an asshole. And, and if you turn this script in, someone would rightfully go, hey, there's an actual plausible, interesting story here, but you need to work on all this fucking dialogue. But since there's no one checking Tyler Perry, you know what? Tyler Perry's kind of like the black Seth MacFarlane. Because Tyler Perry's just gotten so out of control that no one can stop him. He's just like a tornado, just like sucking up everything. So so at this point now, it's like, what the fuck's anyone going to say? I thought Spike Lee was my boy, because I kept saying, come on, Spike. Like Spike, Spike Lee was the one saying, oh, he's an Uncle Tom and all this shit. And about how he like is tearing apart our culture. But Spike Lee's not even, even turned around. It, it, it come around, whatever. And here's the thing that's maddening. And I know I'm going off on tangents here, but this movie just broke me in the last 20 minutes, and I'll get there. But here's the thing about Tyler Perry. His movies are made for so cheap because he's not paying anyone. He's the writer. He's the producer. He's the director. He typically has a role in these. Uh, he's got a small role in this movie. He plays Rory, uh, looking like a black Colonel Sanders because the hairpiece he had. Holy mother of God. Is what, even Nicholas came to see that hairpiece and go, dude. Like and I can't do Nicolas Cage. Uh, whoa, there you go. But 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 the hairpiece looked terrible. One, 
Two, Psycho apparently has a beard, but like, I, like in the interviews and stuff, like, or, uh, you know, like we go on TV, he keeps it pretty trim. So even his beard looks fake. It looks like they like almost make up the end, or just got clumps off like a, I don't know, donkey or whatever, just like taped it on his face. So he's in the movie, kind of playing a straight man, like, like playing this, uh, the head of this. Uh, he's like a DA if memory serves. Doesn't really matter. Anyways, but. Sis, uh, I want to say it's Cicely Tyson. I want to say Cicely Tyson. I, I'm sorry. This, this, like I said, this movie is just, just like my my brain is hurting. Not Cicely Tyson. I should know better. Um, I cannot think of the girl who's in this movie. Uh, um, oh, ja- uh, Jasmine. That was it. Played by uh, Brescia Webb. She. Okay. So she's a she's a very pretty woman. She does seem to have a little bit of charisma, but the she's not. A good enough actress yet who knows maybe she never will be but she is not good enough of an actress to take this really shitty material and make something of it there's this whole scene near the end because she's a very timid girl through most of this you know uh rory gives her the case because uh about grace because it's supposed to be an open and shut case she'll sign a, pl- uh, a plea deal it'll be over and done and apparently she's been there i think they say for just under a year and she like every case she's had She's had the person plead. Like, she doesn't fight at all. Which, by the way, if that's the kind of lawyer you're going to be, why the fuck are you a lawyer? Like, that's a kid. Like, that's... Like, anyone could be a lawyer and just not fight for anyone. Like, what the... So, fun fact. Uh, I don't think I've ever talked about this. Uh, I actually used to want to be a lawyer. I was actually exploring that in between being uh, being being a youth pastor, which... Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but... 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 Here, here's the thing. For her being a lawyer and the amount of passion you're supposed to show in defending your client, she has none of it. And Rory even makes a surprisingly good point where he goes, look, you've been here this long and you've never really even fought for a case uh, or, you know, or still for your client. And she goes like, I just have a feeling about her. It's like, okay, so the fuck what, you know, like, are you hooked on the feeling dummy? Like, why the fuck are you like, why is it this, why, why is it this one case that you're so, and she even makes the point that I've never seen someone cry like that. Like, I know she's not guilty. I went, what? I, like, you're, a lo- I, I guarantee you people have cried from you, but this time she fucking believed it. It's just, why? All right, cool. Um, her, um, her husband I want to say it's a, uh, I believe it's a jo- jo- uh, Matthew Law is the guy's name who plays uh, plays Jordan. Um, okay, so here's the thing: they have no chemistry at all. They don't say how long they've been married for. It doesn't really matter, to be completely honest, because it, let's just say for shits and giggles, they're married. They were together as long as uh, <laughs> as Grace and Dum Dum Shannon were. I mean. There were at least points where they were trying to sell you on the chemistry, not super convincingly, but like enough that I went, okay, they at least can both talk about art, fine, that's something, I guess, but for them being married, uh, Jasmine and uh, Jordan, like, they barely say I love you to each other, like, even when they say it, it's like, it feels so flat, it's like when... It's like when you're saying to your grandma you haven't seen in 10 years, it's like, wow, like, could you put some feeling into this shit? But no. And there's this point where she, where Jasmine just goes full insane black woman mode. Like, it just activates. And, and she just snaps on him for no reason. He's telling her, look, 
Like, you need to fight for this client. This is your job, which he's right. It is your job to defend your client. She goes, oh, my God, how are you taking Rory's side? How could you? And I was like, girl, relax. And she, but then their whole argument that escalates from that, it escalates way too quickly. Like, she go, he goes, like, hey, I'm sorry. And she goes, oh, my God, like, why did you talk to me like that? And then it just goes like, oh, wow, you always run away from everything. You never take your responsibility. I went, how do we get from level 2 to level 10 so quickly in, like, 20 seconds? And the movie just goes, yep, totally fine. Who fucking cares? Um, oh, my God. There, 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 there's so much that you can break down. That I, and I say that somewhat sarcastically because there's so much about this movie that's wrong. I, I, I can't even begin i don't even really know where to start i, I realize i'm just jumping all over the place but this movie just kind of it, it did it to me so okay when jasmine is starting to kind of get into the into the whole thing as far as uh getting the defending grace they have grace tell the story uh as far as why she's there in flashback so here's the weird thing when she finally snaps and kills uh shannon she hits him in the head of a baseball bat in a very poorly cut shot. My head, like the way she hits him, it looks like like it looks like she's at least a foot and a half away from actually hitting him. But then the but then the movie cuts and then it's like oh red paint. And I remember looking at it, going wait what really? But then it shows her hitting him. But here's the thing: this is a TV MA movie. But Tyler Perry is so gutless and spineless; he can't even he can't even show. Her hitting him to actually put some emotion in. But then it cuts after she's been hitting him in the head and she's covered in blood. And then it shows his head beaten in. But he, again, can't even have the stomach to even show more than one hit. And the hit they do show. Come on now. Um, so there's that. And the way this movie wraps up. And I again, I know I'm bouncing all over the place. But again, this movie, it, it's all over the place. It doesn't fucking matter. The last 20 minutes of this movie, even if I liked this movie, I would have to give it a go fuck yourself just on the last 20 minutes. Because the last 20 minutes, it's like Tyler Perry came in from Weekend Bend, like just the worst Weekend Bender of all time went. I don't care, I in this. Let's do this, this, this. Boom. Tyler Perry, I'm out. And just walked away. Because the last 20 minutes of this make no sense. So... So, oh my god, so Grace, married to Shannon, they have this one scene where he's talking on the phone with uh, some mystery woman, you don't know who it is. So he's talking to this woman, she comes down and hears him because she wakes up, he's not in bed with her. And, <laughs> and he asks, she asks him, oh hey baby, who was that? Very quietly, very respectful, not in any way anger or anything like that and so he sits up licks his lips by the way his outfits in this movie are fucking horrible the first like shirt he's wearing when he meets her at this art gallery it is it, it is the most miami vice looking shirt and i'm not talking about the reboot i'm talking about the original miami vice it is the most tacky shirt where oh my god like like i i like, even Jerome from Martin would see that and go, nah, man, I ain't wearing that. But he's so, he gets this look on his face and goes, you know, there's two things I hate. I hate being questioned, and I hate being accused. And I just went, 
or I, it, it's not, it, it's something like that. Like, I hate being questioned, I know it's one of them. And I'm sitting there going, really, that, that's, that's what, and she just lets it go. She's just like, oh, okay. So, it's her house. I'm sorry, it's literally her house. She owns this house. And the fact that she is just, Tyler Perry loves to talk about the fact that he's making these movies to empower women. But the problem is that every time he makes one of these films, the man beats the woman down so much that they are typically saved by a man. So it's like, what the fuck is the point of making these? Because you're not playing to your base. You basically have some sort of fetish for just seeing black women in peril. By the way, also, there should need to be a Tyler Perry scale to st at, at the start of these movies. Because the darker skin, the black man, the more evil they are. Because a light-skinned brother in here was... Might as well have had Disney birds helping him get dressed. He could do no wrong. The dark-skinned brother in this movie? <laughs> fucking abusive fucks a woman in their bed i'm like wow like the only thing he didn't do was tie her to railroad tracks and laugh while the train came by that's the only thing he didn't do with this movie and again jimmy olsen uh Makad brooks come on brother you like i i i think i think the brothers have got some too i i watched on supergirl some material he's got he's gotten has been fucking atrocious uh no exception here but i i really do think he's got some charisma and he could be something but dude don't do stuff like this like like stay as far away from this shit as humanly possible um i'm genuinely sitting here trying to like remember the plot i just got finished watching this and this is already starting to blend together there is a scene that so if you've heard, listened to the podcast for any amount of time you know that one of my i one of in my opinion, the most underrated Disney films is Tangled. I freaking love Tangled. And they have that one scene where uh, her parents, uh, uh, Rapunzel's parents, send the uh, lanterns out to let them know that they're still looking forward to bring her home. Beautiful scene. Still makes me cry. Love that movie. They, they, they do a very <laughs> shitty version of that because Shannon... <laughs> they, uh, um, Shannon takes Grace... To this field of fireflies and the fireflies are so poorly animated they might as well have smiles on them like troll dolls it's the most confusing fucking sequence because i'm sitting there watching it and i and i was kind of tilting my eyes or squinting because i'm going wait this can't be what you're going for you can't possibly think that these fireflies are like this this works you can't you cannot think this is a good idea and the movie just rolls with it. And he proposes to her in the middle of this field with shitty looking fireflies. And I just, I was flabbergasted. It felt like it was a one scene Tyler Perry. It's like, all right, guys, I need Netflix. I need an extra five grand. Like, come on. Like, because you could do this in Microsoft Paint. You you really could. Because it, which just speaks again to how bad of a director he is. So there's that scene, which, and pretty much once that happens, all bets are, are, are off. Um, there is a sequence, too, where they show a camera flash and transitions from the camera flash because Shan loves to take pictures of uh, of Grace. Like, he, he just loves making her feel sexy, and so he's taking pictures of her. And so the camera goes from, like, a flash back to her in jail, and I just went, that is such a... That's a shitty PowerPoint transition, let alone for a film. I just went, come on, dude. Like, here's the thing about Tyler Perry. He's been in the game for almost 20 years. 
And look, call it what it is. Uh, Patty Jenkins, how long has it been since she directed a movie? I mean, she what, she did Monster uh, and like Wonder Woman, basically. Her skills have improved. I'm sorry, the Russo brothers, Captain America Civil War, they start there as far as film. And they did, you know, Infinity War and Endgame and in Civil War. Their skills have improved as directors. Tyler Perry has done, I want to say it's at least 18 films. And the fact that he hasn't gotten better, it's been this, like, straight line. If anything's been declined, because I remember watching uh, uh, For uh, for Colored Girls. Granted, now, he didn't write the script. That was based on a place where he couldn't fuck that up, so maybe that's why. But that's actually a good movie. Uh, well, good for him. Not, not great, but good. Good movie. And I, I look at someone like Jordan Peele, who, you know, hits, hits the ground running with Get Out. And then he, he comes back with us, and you watch the Twilight Zone, and you just see how this brother has just continued to elevate his game. You look at Queen Ava DuVernay, you think you look at her when it comes to just, just to when they see us alone. You, you like, Shonda Rhimes, like, like it, it's amazing the amount of black filmmakers, men and women, both out there, um... Like, 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 you look at someone like, you look at someone like, like an act, like an actress like a Laverne Cox, you look at someone at, like RuPaul, where they've all found different avenues to go ahead and elevate their brand and continue to grow and evolve. And Tyler Perry is just stuck in this just, almost like a, almost like a fucking hamster wheel of just, I can just keep doing the same shit over and over and not evolve my craft. And the part that drives me the most fucking insane is when I point this out to some black people, I have to deal with black people yelling at me going, come on, why are you supporting Tyler Perry? Because there's better out there. I'm telling you, there's better out there. I promise you. I just named a couple directors right there without even trying or doing any research. I'm telling you. There are great, great black entrepreneurs, uh, content creators. You're welcome. Uh, there, there are lots of great black artists out there doing great things, and Tyler Perry is not one of them. And the big thing, like I said earlier, with the whole BET speech, he owns a studio now. He's not answering to anyone but himself. So why the hell is the quality so bad? If he'd come out with this movie and just knocked it out of the park and made something that was just inspired and fresh and something that he, had, he, you know, maybe decided to stretch a little bit. He's like, oh, I don't need to make this a five days. Let's make it ten. Maybe he decided to go ahead and spread his wings a little bit. I would have come out and been like, okay. He actually went ahead and made something that was halfway decent. But the last 20 minutes of this movie, so... <laughs> So the last 20 minutes of this movie, so Grace goes to trial. Jasmine's representing her. They find Grace guilty. Jasmine, by the way, does one of the dumbest things maybe I've ever seen in a movie ever. So there's a point on the stand where Sarah gets called up and the, the guy who's doing the, uh, uh, who's the, the prosecutor, uh, they're doing cross-examination, or, uh, yeah, cross-examination, he's at, he's telling her, like, where were you at this date? Where were you at this date? Why did you call her this many times? Like, really growing her. And Sarah's, like, starting to kind of shake and, and buckle under pressure. So she, Sarah flat out admits that uh, Grace called her the night of the murder and said, I killed him. So here's the thing. At that point, if you're Jasmine, because that is your client that she's making that claim about, you would think you would have something to say. Something anything 
Not the defense rests. You'd think you'd have something to say. Like, I'm sorry, Sarah, can I ask you blah, blah, blah. Even if you don't have something, throw something out there to give yourself enough time to stall so you can actually think of a fucking question. But no, nothing. He, go, he flat out says the defense rests. I went, you dumb bitch. What are you doing? You don't... Because the one, one of the few good points in this movie is Rory says, you let your client uh, or you let your witness get off the stand calling your client a murderer. And that's what people, the jury is going to be thinking about at dinner tonight. And I went, yeah, he's a thousand percent correct. I, for once, I agree with something Tyler Perry said, go figure. And it, and it's just one of those things I went, that's a lawyer one-on-one. Like, I fuck, I think How I Met Your Mother talked about that at some point. Like, that's such a basic thing. And I know they talk about how she she's never gone to trial because, you know, the whole, I you know, I submit, I get plea deals, that's my thing. I, I get that. But they would teach you that in school. Like, you have to get the last word in. Fuck, that's just argument. That's speech 101. That's not lawyering 101. And the fact that she let that happen, and then the next, whenever this happens. By the way, this movie has no concept of time. Like, there's no timeline, there's no... Fuck, even Spongebob had three days later or three weeks later. It's like, they don't even do that. Stuff just happens. There's a point where um, near the end of this movie, because you find out, shocker, Shannon isn't dead, the movie says that uh, sentencing wasn't going to happen for a couple months. So Grace, uh, or, uh, uh, Grace puts it together at the very end here. And spoiler in case you're... God, whatever. But Sarah has been basically taking these women and kidnapping them and putting them in a, like a, like a saw dungeon basically and using them for their unemployment, uh, their social security money. So, okay, first off, this seems like a very small town they're in. He has at least 15 women missing. The fact that no one would go, hmm, all these women are missing Again, this is not like Atlanta. This is not LA. Like it, it's a very small town. Like I, 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 I doubt they have a post office. But even, but it's like, come on, guys, really? So Sarah, yeah, has all these women locked down in this this weird saw dungeon. Uh, Shannon is basically a pimp or a a, a a whore, basically, because his mom is just whoring him out to elderly old women to go ahead and take advantage of them. And here's the thing. At some point, someone would get wise to this. Like, it's just, like, the, the fact that all those women would get caught up in it, I went, no, I went, no, no. It, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. And, and the other big caveat that they just kind of brush away like it's no big deal, they talk about how Sarah and, uh, how Sarah and Shannon are wanted in nine states. That's almost 20% of the U.S. Really, no one would have seen either one of them and been, hmm, that's interesting. I think I saw you on America's Most Wanted. But no, totally fine. No consequences at all to that. And, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Lose my voice here. Can we take a sip of my 805 here? You're welcome for a free plug. Hang on. Please hold. <sighs> there we go. Okay. I'm back. All right. So, uh, Shannon... There's this point where Shannon gets into a fight with Jordan because Jordan, you know, is a Sarah is a Jasmine's husband, and Jasmine gets caught trying to go ahead and basically sneak uh, into Sarah's house when she realizes what she's done. Here's the thing: Jordan 
had previously, like maybe five minutes before he heads to Sarah's house, had this guy arrested. So he tells the guy he's arrested on his dash, just bent over, by the way, not in any way cuffed to anything, tells him, hey, don't move, don't move. So first off, the guy could have just got up and ran, which I honestly thought was going to happen. That actually would have been entertaining because then he could at least ran him down and, you know, hit him with his car or whatever. But but you first off, you can't just leave a perp like handcuffed and not put them in the back of your car like that's just that's that's you would literally lose your job so that's one and then two he ends up handcuffing sarah when he kicks in her door and tells her the same thing goes oh yeah don't move just has her bent over a table but then the movie later on goes oh sarah is still at large i went okay so how'd she get the handcuffs off where the fuck did she go? And she ends up in this new town at the very end of the movie. And I went, so this case, as small of a town as it is, clearly made national. It sounded like it made national news. The concept that she could just go up to this place and be like, oh, I want to get a job. No. No. Absolutely not. Would not fucking happen. And that is one of just several plot holes I can go ahead and point out. Uh, the way that... <laughs> the way that Grace gets into debt, she works at this, uh, like this, uh, like not like a, not, uh, like a loan. Uh, she's dealing with people with money. I think it's like a loan. It's like a uh, it's like oh, it's a bank. Thank you. Um, so she's working at this bank, and between her and her client, she has three hundred seventy nine thousand dollars stolen from these accounts. So here's the thing. First off, with a bank like that. There is no fucking way they would not have the most upmost security on that amount of money, number one. Number two, the movie goes ahead and goes, oh, well, uh, when she goes to her bank, she goes, oh, there was a mortgage taken out on your house. But I own the house. Yeah, someone took out 375 on your home and using your signature. Now, first off, uh, boys and girls, that's not how a loan works. You actually have to go ahead and have multiple pieces of paperwork, including your social, uh, probably passport, your ID, just name a few. Number one. Number two, they're married. So why the hell is he signing her name? I, I get he's trying to frame her, but first off, no one would go, oh, you're signing not your name. Yeah, Totally will go ahead and push this through. I went, no, none of this is plausible. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's so incredibly stupid. And I just, uh, it, it made me so sad. And when you find out that Sarah and Shannon are mom and son, I just went, okay, you were not thinking this through at all. The movie presents all this like a twist at the very end. Like, oh, we got you. And I went, no, you didn't get me because there'd have to be something to get. You just decided to pull this out of your ass in the bottom of the knife and went, yep, this makes sense to me. Don't care. Tyler Perry, fuck you. Um, uh, here's the thing. And I feel like I almost have, I'm going to have to start grading Tyler Perry moves on a curve because it's just like at this, at this point, they're all just so goddamn dumb. And... And I just, and I just sit here, just kind of flabbergasted, that he keep, that people keep throwing money at him. I know he has a built-in audience. Yeah, who cares? Like at some point, Netflix, you're having so much great content out right now. Why are you giving this man a platform? 
don't do it. And Oprah, same thing to you. I know OWN Network isn't doing as well as you probably want, but and you need t content. But to just keep giving Tyler Perry money? And in BET, what are you guys doing? There's Tyler Perry's got stuff on there. It. This is all just sad. It's all very sad. And if I'm... Uh, if I'm a black student in film school, I'm just sad just knowing that Tyler Perry is out there getting money and I'm having to actually slave away and hone my craft. Uh, it This is a bummer. It really is a bummer. And I'll be honest, guys. I, I just... I, I can't even be upset anymore. I mean, I, I, I am. Do not misunderstand. But at some point, I just have to throw my hands up and go, this is what he is. You know... We're twenty, almost twenty years into Tyler Perry's career. He is the Great Pumpkin. He's not going to show up. He's not going to get better. This is his floor. We all just need to accept the fact this is who Tyler Perry is. And I'll tell you right now, if I ever get a chance to to, to interview Tyler Perry, the first question I'm going to ask him is, "What gives you the right? How do you sleep at night?" I'm sure on a giant stack of money, but I'm going to ask him genuinely, "How do you sleep at night knowing you're raping our culture?" And the way that you put down black women, it is just, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It, it truly is insane to me how this man continues to just profit off of the, the genuine pain and mental and emotional just deconstruction of black women and how he continues to go, yep, I'm supporting black women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. That would be like. You know, I'm going to make a Kevin Spacey joke. I'm going to be good. I'm going to end this before I get out of here. But, guys, don't watch this. Even watch this on Netflix. I went, if I had paid to see this, even if I used my free pass like I did with Doolittle, and this was playing, you know, in theaters, I, 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 I oh, man, I, I would have been so mad. You know, and I just read, I, I think it was from the same Essence interview, that Tyler Perry was talking about, well, you know, Netflix is just a better avenue for this film you know he said like i'm not trying to make 1917 clearly you're not trying to make 1917 because 1917 had a great script a great score and great acting and a director who actually knew how to cut a fucking fight scene there is a fight scene in here between jordan and shannon and the way he does the quick cuts oh my god it's like the first student film i made in high school it's like oh my god i recognize that cut oh that's bad like it it's so poorly done and again, I'm going to keep hammering this nail. All these films, you can't involve your craft. Does not make sense to me. Uh, this will be on my worst of, shocker, I know. Um, but, yeah, man, if I ever meet Tyler Perry, I'm going to legit ask him, how do you keep doing this, man? How do you keep feeling, doing this and feeling good? Because you can lie to a lot of people. You can lie to yourself, but don't lie to your audience. Just come on and say what these films are, and they are smut. Absolute no good smut they should be this should be on cinemax at midnight that's how smutty this movie is i fucking hate this um even with the tvma rating that this has tvma couldn't get a boob like could could couldn't get could throw some delays throw some dick out there just have a guy drop dong why the fuck not? like at least i would give me something to go oh wow that was actually kind of edgy but no this is who tyler perry is he's not gonna get any better um yeah just the black women stop being in these come on now just, just stop but yeah go fuck yourself hate this movie um i think this is the only thing he has coming out this year as a film thank god so <sighs> all right i feel better guys have you seen a fall from grace i pray you haven't but if you have 
Let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at NearmanTheFirst. And you can follow Colin on Twitter at TheRealO'Neal. And you can go ahead and hit that like, share, and subscribe. Go ahead and follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I, I might have talked about this in one of our last reviews, but uh, since we are coming up on Black History Month here in February, a couple weeks away, yes, we're going to have multiple uh, reviews uh, celebrating, black, uh, celebrating black film. Uh, so we're going to have that review of When They See Us finally. I'm going to do a review with Mama Hunter, which I've been wanting to do for a while. We're going to review 12 Years a Slave. We're going to have a review up as well for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. We're going to review up for, uh, we're going to re-review Get Out because I fucking love Get Out and uh, and more. So I, I'm so excited to do that film series. I can't wait for you guys to hear um, what, uh, what we've got coming down the pipeline for that. And also next month, I'm not sure when in February, probably be first or second week of February, we're going to have a review up for, uh, for BoJack Horseman. We're going to, I'm going to sit down with my amazing friend Kayla and go ahead and just talk BoJack for an hour. We're just going to break it down, talk about the finale, uh, the series finale, because that, uh, that comes out, uh, I want to say next week, uh, part two of season six, so... Bojack will be done here soon, but guys, and oh, pardon me, I totally forgot, we're going to review up as well uh, this Monday uh, for Bad Boys for Life, that will be up uh, no later than Monday morning, so guys, thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for the support, we love you guys, and we will talk to you soon, have a great weekend, and uh, if you listen to this on Monday, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, take care guys.